BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, I've got something very special for you, my longest ever video. And in this video, we'll be discussing what happened to 100, that's right, 100 different characters from Harry Potter after the story had ended. After the Battle of Hogwarts and the closing of the Deathly Hallows, we barely got a glimpse of what happened in the lives of the characters we grew to love, and in some instances, hate so much. But fortunately, thanks to extended lore and a lot of research on my part, I've got some answers for you guys. This is already a long video, so I won't waste any more time. Let's dive into it. Voldemort. I know what you're thinking. Didn't Voldemort die? Well, technically yes. His physical form was destroyed. But that certainly doesn't mean that Voldemort met his true end. You see, because of the cursed life that Voldemort chose, he was sent to a place that is neither representative of life nor death. Voldemort had sacrificed his soul on countless occasions, doing anything and everything he could to achieve his goal of immortality. During his lifetime, Voldemort committed atrocity after atrocity, murdering people to create horcruxes and even killing and drinking the blood of a unicorn, an act so vile that the drinker is destined to have a cursed existence. So you see, Voldemort's soul could never have been at rest, and for the life that he chose to live, he had to pay the ultimate price, an existence in Limbo. Limbo is often perceived as a forgotten or ignored place, a place that interestingly enough would have been a stark reminder of Voldemort's formative years when he was left at Wool's Orphanage as a baby. Neville Longbottom After the Battle of Hogwarts, Neville didn't waste any time in pursuing a career as an Auror, and gifted Auror he was. However, it would later become clear that being an Auror wasn't his true passion, and when he was offered a position at Hogwarts by now headmistress Minerva McGonagall, he accepted. You see, Neville was also particularly passionate about one subject while at school, Herbology, and it just so happened that his new role would have him working under Herbology department head Pomona Sprout. Neville would eventually go on to marry former classmate Hannah Abbott, a Hufflepuff student and former member of Dumbledore's army. Because Hannah worked as a landlady for the Leaky Cauldron, it was only natural that Neville and Hannah would live upstairs, where they lived for many years. After some time, Hannah eventually applied for the job of matron at Hogwarts. Ron Weasley The epilogue certainly gave away aspects of Ron's future, particularly as he is shown sending his children off to Hogwarts at Platform 9 and 3 quarters alongside his new wife, Hermione Granger. The pair had two children, Rose and Hugo Granger Weasley. In the epilogue, Ron and Hermione can be seen sending Rose off to Hogwarts along with Harry's son, Albus. In addition to marrying Hermione, 
Ron pursued the career path of an aura, and eventually became an aura for the Ministry of Magic. JK Rowling had this to say of Ron joining the Ministry. Harry and Ron utterly revolutionized the aura department, Rowling said. They are now the experts. It doesn't matter how old they are or what else they've done. Rowling also emphasized that by joining the Ministry, Harry and Ron helped revolutionize it into a really good place to be. They made a new world, Rowling said. However, Ron didn't remain at the Ministry forever, and later left so that he could help out his brother, George Weasley, with the Weasley's Wizarding Weezers joke shop. It has also been expressed that despite Ron's terrible driving track record, he did eventually obtain a muggle driving license, even if he had to place a confundus charm on the driving instructor to get it. Hermione Granger The first thing Hermione did after the Battle of Hogwarts was find her parents. If you don't remember, Hermione had to make a difficult choice during the war with Voldemort in which she wiped their memories and convinced them to relocate to Australia. This was all in the effort of protecting them, but it was a somber moment for sure. Fortunately, with Voldemort out of the way, this gave her an opportunity to track them down and restore the memories that she had previously wiped. After this, in typical Hermione fashion, she ended up going back to Hogwarts in order to attain her nudes. After this, she began her post-Hogwarts career at the Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, where she was able to help improve the lives of house elves and the like. After some time in the position, she eventually moved to the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, where she was instrumental in helping to abolish pro-pureblood laws. Oh yeah, and during all of this, Hermione and Ron Weasley became a proper item, going on to get married and have two children. And as if Hermione hadn't done enough in her post-Hogwarts years, it's been expressed that in 2019, she even became Minister for Magic. Hermione's life post-Deathly Hallows certainly wasn't short of excitement. Harry Potter In the epilogue of the final installment, we learn that Harry ended up marrying, shocker, Ginny Weasley, and that they had two sons, James Sirius and Albus Severus, as well as a daughter, Lily Luna. Unlike Hermione, Harry never returned to Hogwarts to finish his newts, but he did dive right into his career as an aura at the Ministry of Magic. As it turns out, Harry was able to achieve the honor of head aura at the ripe age of 26. It's also been revealed that in addition to raising his own kids, Harry spent a considerable amount of time with Teddy Lupin, the orphaned son of Remus and Tonks. Teddy was officially raised by his grandmother, but Harry helped whenever he could. Harry, Ron, and Hermione were also eventually immortalized on chocolate frog cards for their contributions to wizarding society. George Weasley What happened to George can best be summarized by Rowling herself. A lot of readers asked me, was George alright? And of course, he wouldn't be alright, would he? That's the reality. But I think that he married Angelina, who was actually Fred's ex. Maybe it's a bit unhealthy, but I think that they would have been happy. As happy as he could be without Fred. I think he really would have felt like part of himself died. I don't think that George would ever get over losing Fred, which makes me feel so sad. However, he names his first child and son Fred, and he goes on to have a very successful career, helped by good old Ron. Ron joined George at Weasley's Wizarding Weezers, which became an enormous money spinner. BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Luna Lovegood. It turns out that later in life, Luna went on to become a rather famous magizoologist. For those unfamiliar with the profession, a magizoologist is a wizard or witch who studies magical creatures. This profession shouldn't come as a surprise, given that Luna exhibited an affinity for magical creatures during the Harry Potter story, properly introducing Harry to Thestrals in the Order of the Phoenix. The perhaps most notable magizoologist is Newt's commander, who wrote Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Interestingly enough, Luna actually went on to marry Rolf's commander, Newt's grandson. It has been expressed that for their wedding, Luna dressed in typical eccentric Luna fashion, sporting a rainbow dress and tiara with unicorn horns. Later on, sometime between the years 2008 and 2014, the pair had two sons, Lorcan and Lycander. As an adult, Luna remained close friends with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. In fact, Luna made such an impression on Harry that he named his daughter Lily Luna after his mother and of course Luna, a true honor. According to Rowling, Luna never changed. She remained her quirky, lovable self, which is what I think we all hoped for. Hagrid It turns out that Hagrid simply continued working at Hogwarts in his usual posting. The only thing that Hagrid loved more than Hogwarts was his love of magical creatures, which explains why he would choose to continue on as professor for the care of magical creatures at the school. Hagrid is also referenced in the epilogue by Harry while speaking to his son Albus. Bye, Al, said Harry as his son hugged him. Don't forget Hagrid's invited you to tea next Friday. Don't mess with Peeves. Don't duel anyone till you've learned how. And don't let James wind you up. The epilogue of Harry Potter gave us a glimpse of 19 years into the future, which would make the year 2017 and Hagrid 89 years old. However, thanks to the longevity of Wizardkind, I'm sure that Hagrid was still very sprightly. In addition to teaching at Hogwarts, it's been suggested that Hagrid may have, at one point, further pursued a relationship with Madame Maxime. However, the two eventually proved to be too different to make things work. Draco Malfoy As it turns out, Draco's post-Hogwarts life and, well, overall demeanor has been written about extensively on Pottermore. It's also a bit somber. The biggest revelation was that he became less of a pure-blood fanatic. The events of Draco's late teens forever changed his life. He had had the beliefs with which he had grown up challenged in the most frightening way. He had experienced terror and despair, seen his parents suffer for their allegiance, and had witnessed the crumbling of all that his family had believed in. After the events of the Second Wizarding War, Lucius found his son as affectionate as ever, 
but refusing to follow the same old, pure bloodline. Draco married the younger sister, the fellow Slytherin. Astoria Greengrass, who had gone through a similar, though less violent and frightening conversion from pure blood ideals to a more tolerant life view, was felt by Narcissa and Lucius to be something of a disappointment as a daughter-in-law. As Astoria refused to raise their grandson Scorpius in the belief that muggles were scum, family gatherings were often fraught with tension. Also, he seemingly mellowed out a bit, leading a life of leisure instead of working to overturn the forces of light or establish dominion over muggles, like Lucius did. I imagine that Draco grew up to lead a modified version of his father's existence. Independently wealthy, without any need to work, Draco inhabits Malfoy Manor with his wife and son. As mentioned above, the pair had a child, Scorpius Malfoy, who attended Hogwarts at the same time as Albus Severus Potter. In a tragic turn of events, Astoria actually ended up dying quite young, falling victim to a bloodborne family curse. This left Draco a single father who lived out his days mostly alone. The Dursleys Interestingly enough, very little is revealed about the Dursleys after they pack up and head off. However, it turns out that Dudley's moment of redemption, the deleted scene where he shakes Harry's hand, may have had quite an impact on their relationship. In fact, it is later revealed by Rowling that, despite Dudley's years of abuse towards Harry, they were later on Christmas card terms. As he grew older, Dudley developed into a decent man, very much unlike the tyrannous force of nature that he embodied in his youth. Dudley even eventually got married and had a family of his own, raising two muggled children. Harry and Dudley would still see each other enough to be on Christmas card terms, but they would visit more out of a sense of duty and sit in silence so that their children could see their cousins. This suggests that they were never quite friends, but certainly cordial to one another, perhaps stemming from the mutual respect that they gained for one another later in life. As for Vernon and Petunia, it seems as though Harry may not have seen them again, as their relationship was never particularly good. Though Petunia certainly harbored affection for Harry, deep within, she never made the same attempt that Dudley made to reconcile with him, which was likely the reason for them never reconnecting. It's also been suggested that, after the fall of Voldemort, the Dursleys were simply escorted back to their home in Little Whinging, where they remained for the rest of their lives. Umbridge Umbridge is arguably the worst character in the entire Harry Potter story, and she first makes her mark when she infiltrates Hogwarts and makes life at the school a living hell, probably an understatement. That is, until she's tricked into traveling to the Forbidden Forest by Harry and Hermione, only to be met with a horde of angry centaurs who carry her off. After this, she's saved by Dumbledore and sacked from her headmistress position after it's revealed that Voldemort had in fact returned. Amazingly, however, Umbridge still found herself with a job after leaving Hogwarts. In fact, the Ministry accepted her back in her previous role of Senior Undersecretary to the Minister of Magic. Also, at this stage, the Ministry had a new minister, Rufus Scrimger. Despite a brief appearance at Dumbledore's funeral, the next we hear of Umbridge is in 1997, following Voldemort's takeover of the Ministry. In addition to her primary position of undersecretary, Umbridge also became head of the Muggleborn Registration Commission, where she conducted trials that were effectively designed to prosecute Muggleborns. Umbridge doesn't appear much more in the story after this, as there are bigger problems in the Wizarding World, Lord Voldemort. However, with Voldemort's eventual downfall, the Ministry once again came under the control of normal witches and wizards, expunging all of Voldemort's followers from positions of power 
the Ministry of Magic essentially underwent a reformation, led by a new Minister for Magic. Fully aware of the type of person that Umbridge was, and the crimes that she had committed during Voldemort's regime, the new minister had Umbridge arrested, tried, convicted, and given a life sentence to the island fortress of Azkaban, where she lived out her days. Cornelius Fudge Cornelius Fudge, Order of Merlin First Class, self-appointed, was the 32nd Minister for Magic, serving from 1990 to 1996, spanning most of the years Harry attended Hogwarts. Fudge exhibited some very questionable behavior during his time in office, the most questionable being his persistent denial of Voldemort's return, which in turn caused Fudge to meddle in all kinds of affairs in the wizarding world, including the management of Hogwarts School. When it was eventually proven that Voldemort had in fact returned, it cost Fudge his job, and Rufus Scrimger took over his position. At this stage, however, Fudge wasn't out of the ministry entirely, as he was kept on in an advisory capacity, communicating news of the Second Wizarding War to the Muggle Prime Minister if Scrimger was unable to. When the war eventually ended, Fudge was relieved of this position as well. Fudge's fate is exactly what can be expected when a foolish and ineffectual person is given too much power. In the end, Fudge was scorned by the public and unemployed, quietly living the rest of his shameful existence out of the spotlight. Take the steps I have suggested and you will be remembered, in office or out, as one of the bravest and greatest ministers for magic we have ever known. Fail to act and history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world we have tried to rebuild. Albus Dumbledore Lockhart In the Chamber of Secrets, Lockhart is forced by the boys to come down into the chamber with them, and this is where things really went south for him. Hoping to take control of the situation, Lockhart grabbed Ron's broken wand and attempted to perform a memory charm on them. The adventure ends here, boys. I shall take a bit of this skin back up to the school, tell them I was too late to save the girl, and that you two tragically lost your minds at the sight of her mangled body. Say goodbye to your memories. Obliviate. However, given that the wand was well, broken, it backfired on Lockhart instead. The faulty wand sent him flying into a pile of rubble, and subsequently caused him to lose all of his memories. Complete amnesia. He was no longer the brave, troll conqueror and dragon tamer, in fact, he didn't know who he was. Lockhart is later saved by Fawkes and brought to McGonagall's office, at which point it became apparent to staff and students alike that Lockhart had completely lost his marbles, with Dumbledore instructing Ron to take him to the hospital wing. After careful inspection, it was decided that Lockhart wouldn't be able to operate in society in the state that he was in, and he was subsequently sent to the Janus Thickey Ward in St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies a war dedicated to those suffering from permanent spell damage. During Christmas in 1995, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny saw Lockhart in the Janus Thickey Ward, and despite the total loss of his memory, he seemed just as Lockhart as ever, offering up autographs and the like. He had regained just enough memory to remember writing in cursive. Teach? Me? Did I? Taught you everything you know, I expect, did I? Well, how about those autographs then? Shall we say a round dozen? You can give them to all your little friends then, and nobody will be left out. Sadly, Lockhart never got many visitors, but he still got fan mail from a witch named Gladys Gudgeon, and developed a close relationship with his carer, Miriam Strout. Though Lockhart never made a full recovery, he did sign autographs for the rest of his days, and it has been expressed that he was happier that way, 
blissfully ignorant but more than happy to reap the benefits of his illustrious fame. To this day, no one knows if he ever properly left St. Mungo's. Phileas Flitwick Flitwick, Hogwarts resident charms expert and dueling champion, was largely responsible for casting many of the most effective defensive enchantments surrounding Hogwarts during the Great Battle at the end of the Second Wizarding War. These defenses kept the Death Eaters at bay for a considerable amount of time, and if it weren't for his charms expertise, then the battle may have gone very differently, as it allowed the good guys to get better prepared. Flitwick is thought to be one of the most talented charms teachers to ever teach at Hogwarts, and following the battle, Flitwick continued his tenure as charms master, diligently educating the next generations of witches and wizards on the topic. Filch Argus Filch, Squib, went on to assume the role of Hogwarts caretaker, succeeding the previous caretaker, Apollyon Pringle, in 1968. Throughout the books and films, Filch gives the trio, among many others, their fair share of grief, but when the Battle of Hogwarts came, Filch was quick to oversee the safe evacuation of most of the school's students. He may have been foul-tempered and bitter, but Filch took his job seriously, which is why you won't be surprised to hear that he continued on in his position of caretaker after the war had ended. Immediately after the battle, Filch was seen sweeping near the Great Hall. Filch is likely still punishing students and arguing with Peeves to this day. Ollivander Ollivander, first name Garrick, operated Ollivander's one shop in Diagon Alley, one of Harry's first stops before beginning his first year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Ollivander revolutionized the way that wand making was approached, and before he took over his father's wand shop, it was common for wizards to use a broad variety of wand cores. During the Second Wizarding War, Ollivander was tortured perhaps more than anyone else. This is due to Ollivander's knowledge of wands and Voldemort's obsession with the Elder Wand. After recovering at Shell Cottage for some time, Ollivander travelled to Muriel's house where he remained until the end of the war. Fortunately, Ollivander ended up making a full recovery and returned to work at his one shop shortly after Voldemort had been defeated, serving future witches and wizards for decades to come. Kingsley Shacklebolt Kingsley Shacklebolt was a British pure-blood wizard, Order of the Phoenix member, powerful aura, and later Minister for Magic. Kingsley was a later addition to the Order, and joined during the Second Wizarding War. Kingsley was an immense help against Voldemort and the Death Eaters during the Wizarding War and after, helping to oversee the capture and containment of Death Eaters and Voldemort supporters after Voldemort's defeat. When the dust had finally settled, he was properly appointed as the 35th Official Minister for Magic. He was previously just Caretaker Minister. In this role, among other acts, Kingsley helped to rid the Ministry of Corruption, banned Dementors from guarding Azkaban, appointed Harry as head of the Aura Department, and, along with Hermione, eradicated pro-pureblood views. Pomona Sprout Pomona Sprout was a British witch that taught at Hogwarts for many years. She served as both the head of Hufflepuff House as well as the head of the Herbology Department. Pomona proved to be instrumental in helping the good guys fight off the Death Eaters during the Battle of Hogwarts. Tentacular, Devil Snare, and Snagoluff pods. Yes, I'd like to see the Death Eaters fighting those. After the war, Sprout remained teaching at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry as Herbology Professor, and when 2008 rolled around, she was joined in the department by former pupil Neville Longbottom, who taught alongside her. Arthur Molly Weasley Let's start with Molly. Molly's heroic actions during the Second Wizarding War earned her quite the reputation, 
and she became quite well known as the witch that defeated and killed the notorious Death Eater, Bellatrix Lestrange. Arthur continued working with the Ministry of Magic and fought to improve Muggle rights with the help of Kingsley Shacklebolt. Other than that, Molly and Arthur lived out the rest of their days quietly, enjoying the company of their dozen grandchildren. Percy Weasley Though Percy had trodden down a rather dubious path for most of the books and films, he did eventually make up with his family during the Battle of Hogwarts. Percy survived the battle, but, like the rest of his family, was significantly affected by the death of his brother Fred. After the war, Percy returned to work for the Ministry as a high-ranking official under the new Minister for Magic, Kingsley Shacklebolt. He married a woman named Audrey and had two daughters, Molly and Lucy. Molly was of course named after his mother. Aberforth Aberforth Dumbledore was a British half-blood wizard, the older brother of Ariana Dumbledore, the younger brother of Hogwarts headmaster Albus Dumbledore, and the son of Kendra and Percival Dumbledore. Aberforth had a poor relationship with his brother, as they were both involved in a three-way duel involving Grindelwald that led to the death of their sister, Ariana. When Ariana died, it basically ended their relationship, as Aberforth blamed Albus for her death. Even though Albus and Aberforth were brothers and fairly close in age, they were always very different. Aberforth is presented by Rowling in a bit of an interesting light, perhaps to provide a bit of comic relief. As in the Goblet of Fire, it's mentioned, briefly, that Aberforth has a bit of an unusual relationship with his goats. In fact, he was even prosecuted for the supposed things that he did with goats. What he did with goats has never actually been disclosed, but what we do know about this odd-natured wizard, and this shouldn't surprise you, is that after the war he kept a low profile, living about the rest of his days tending to his goats. Of course, Aberforth also resumed his role as the barman at the Hogshead Inn, where he served butterbeer to the future generations of Hogwarts students for decades to come. No one knows if Aberforth ever truly forgave his brother, Albus, for his role in the entirely avoidable duel that resulted in his sister's death, but I certainly like to think so. Fleur Delacour Fleur Isabelle Delacour, later Fleur Weasley, was a French quarter vila witch born in the year 1977. Fleur is first introduced in the Goblet of Fire under the context of the Triwizard Tournament, and emphasis was placed on her because she was the champion representing her school, Beaubaton. Shortly after the events of the Triwizard Tournament, in the summer of 1995, Fleur took on a role at Gringotts in order to improve her English. It was here that she met one of the older Weasley children, Bill, who was working there as a curse breaker. The two hit it off straight away, and nearly immediately began dating, with Bill eventually proposing. The pair get married in the story, but it seems to occur just as the wizarding world is collapsing. So my question is, given that the two of them survived the war, what happened next? Well, it should come as no surprise that Bill and Fleur, after getting married, went on to have children of their own. Fleur became the mother of three children, Victoire, Louis, and Dominique Weasley, expanding the already prolific Weasley clan even more. Given that both Victoire and Dominique were female, and that Fleur had Vila blood in her veins, her daughters also possessed Vila blood. This made them one-eighth Vila. Technically, Louis had the same blood in him, but it has been reinforced through canon that Vila's are only women. Though Bill survived the war and his severe injuries inflicted by the notorious werewolf Fenrir Greyback, specifically avoiding becoming a werewolf himself, it has been expressed that he did develop the tendency to enjoy very rare steaks. 
Seamus Finnegan Seamus Finnegan was an Irish half-blood wizard born in the year 1980, whose father was a muggle and whose mam was a witch. Seamus was a fellow Gryffindor, sharing a common room with the likes of the trio, and as a secondary character in the series, pops up every once in a while throughout the entire story, starting as early as the first book. Seamus helped as best he could during the Battle of Hogwarts, and fortunately was able to survive the war. Immediately after the battle had ended, he could be seen sitting with Dean Thomas and Aberforth Dumbledore. While this hasn't been confirmed through canon, I like to imagine that Seamus ended up working in some kind of role pertaining to pyrotechnics. The young Irishman had a knack for blowing things up after all, perhaps a career in magical fireworks? McGonagall Minerva McGonagall was a Scottish half-blood witch born in 1935 to parents Robert McGonagall and Isabel Ross. After a chaotic first few decades of her life involving familial issues and heartbreak, she eventually found herself working at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, the same school that she herself attended in her youth. We know McGonagall as the stern but kind transfiguration professor that was always quick to call out Harry and Ron for being late, but was also the first person to be standing in front of and defending her students if something went awry. McGonagall's loyalty to Hogwarts eventually earned her the title of headmistress after Dumbledore had died and Snape had been ousted from the school. McGonagall played a pivotal role in the defense of Hogwarts school during the final battle, and luckily she survived. After the war ended, she was awarded the Order of Merlin by Minister for Magic Kingsley Shacklebolt due to her loyalty to the Order of the Phoenix. Once the school overcame the destruction, McGonagall returned to her position as headmistress of Hogwarts and stayed in the role until at least the 2021-22 school year. Whether she's still there or not remains unclear. Narcissa Lucius Lucius Malfoy and Narcissa Malfoy, born Narcissa Black, were the prejudiced, pure-blood extremist parents of secondary and sometimes primary antagonist Draco Malfoy, Harry's peer. Lucius, despite his commitment to the Dark Lord, was known to be a bit of a sniveling coward, which meant that, similar to Pettigrew, he showed loyalty to wherever he believed the power was. After the Battle of Hogwarts had ended, Voldemort was dead, which meant that they no longer had the security blanket that came with any kind of association to him. This left their fate entirely up to the good guys, the rest of the wizarding world. When it started to look like Voldemort's regime was about to fall, the Malfoy family simply hung their heads and walked away from the Hogwarts grounds in shame. So what came of them? Were they given life imprisonment in Azkaban, or were they forced to endure some other equally awful fate? It would appear that, after the events of the Deathly Hallows, Lucius and his family managed to avoid sentencing by revealing information names, etc., about the surviving Death Eaters. Ensuring that the wizarding world could move forward in perfect harmony with no more spikes in evil meant that capturing the remaining Death Eaters was of utmost importance. Therefore, when Lucius willfully offered to reveal this information in exchange for him and his family's freedom, the Ministry of Magic, which was in tatters at that point, was more than willing to take him up on it. After being pardoned, it seems as though they kept a relatively low profile. Despite no longer being openly evil, they certainly still held on to a lot of the same beliefs that they always held, and weren't any more tolerant of muggles or half-bloods. The pair also remained critical of Draco and his wife for raising their grandson Scorpius with a more tolerant worldview. Cormac McLaggen Cormac McLaggen was a British pure-blood wizard born in 1979 who was probably best known for his pompous attitude. 
McLagan was a fellow Gryffindor, just one year above Harry, and was also a member of Slughorn's Slug Club. Like most Gryffindors, McLagan too participated in the final battle of the Second Wizarding War, fighting alongside the defenders of Hogwarts. McLagan survived the final battle, and no one really knows what happened to him after the war. Despite McLagan's arrogance throughout most of the story, we do have to give him credit for the role that he played in the final battle, acting as a leader and showing immense bravery. Maybe McLagan didn't turn out so bad after all. Grawp Grawp, a small giant, bit of an oxymoron there, and Hagrid's half-brother, is first introduced to us when Hagrid brings the trio to the Forbidden Forest to make introductions. Hagrid discovered his brother Grawp while making a trip to the Tribe of Giants in 1995 on Albus Dumbledore's orders. The first thing I want to address is that Grawp did in fact survive the Battle of Hogwarts, and immediately after their victory, could be seen celebrating and laughing while students threw food into his mouth. Other than not being listed as a casualty in the battle, there's no definitive canon answer as to what happened to Grawp, but I do have a fairly conservative theory. You see, after Umbridge had been sacked at Hogwarts, Dumbledore and Hagrid thought it would be best to send Grawp to live in a cave in the mountains near Hogsmeade. As it turns out, Grawp enjoyed the cave quite a lot, and much preferred it to the forest where he lived previously. Though Grawp emerged from his mountain cave to fight in the Battle of Hogwarts, I think that the cave was actually a great home for Grawp, and that he simply returned to live there after the battle. By this stage, Grawp had developed considerably from when Hagrid first found him, and even began to show an understanding of human emotions like happiness and joy. Given that Hagrid stayed on as gameskeeper, I think that Grawp would have simply lived out his days, traveling between Hogwarts school and the mountains near Hogsmeade. Rita Skeeter British witch Rita Skeeter, the extremely conniving journalist, built her infamous reputation around writing defamation pieces full of misinformation for the Daily Prophet. No one was safe from her poison pieces, even Albus Dumbledore, who once remarked that Skeeter was enchantingly nasty. We don't have to guess what happened to Skeeter, because it's been well touched on by Rowling in interviews. Naturally, what could stop Rita from still reporting? I imagine she immediately dashed off a biography of Harry after he defeated Voldemort. One quarter truth to three quarters rubbish. It has been revealed that she also wrote biography Hatchet Jobs on both Severus Snape and Newt's Commander. These pieces were titled Snape, Scoundrel or Saint, and Man or Monster, The Truth About Newt's Commander, respectively. Essentially, Rita lived out her days being Rita, continuing to live and work as a successful reporter and author. Slughorn Horace Slughorn is a British wizard with a long history at Hogwarts. He was head of Slytherin House, resident potions master, and even the official host of Slug Club. Slughorn infamously told Tom Riddle about Horcruxes, and Slughorn's fear of Dumbledore finding out led to his initial retirement from the post. However, Slughorn later returned to the school after a long hiatus, continuing on as potions master. Slughorn played an important role in the Wizarding War, fighting valiantly in the final battle alongside his students and peers. Fortunately, Slughorn was able to survive, and continued working at Hogwarts, acting as head of Slytherin and overseeing the first year sorting ceremony. Sometime before 2016, Slughorn fully retired, and he received the honor of having a portrait of himself placed in the Slytherin common room. Dean Thomas Dean Thomas was an English half-blood wizard born in the year 1980, the son of a wizard and a muggle mother. Dean was notably in the same year as Harry Potter, 
and was also a Gryffindor student. Dean pops up quite a lot in the Harry Potter story, and it should come as no surprise that he fought valiantly alongside his allies in the Battle of Hogwarts, a battle that, fortunately, he was able to survive. So what came of Dean after the battle? Well, immediately after, Dean was seen sitting next to Seamus Finnegan and Aberforth Dumbledore in the Great Hall. Beyond that, well, canon doesn't give us any info. If I had to guess, Dean pursued a career as an artist. I say this because throughout the story, he demonstrates an affinity for art, and he was said to be quite good with a quill. Charlie Weasley Though Charlie didn't make an appearance in the films, he was certainly present for the Battle of Hogwarts and survived the battle. Charlie never married, nor had children, but got to spend his time with his copious siblings, nieces, and nephews. Being an outdoorsy type with an affinity for dragons, Charlie was more preoccupied with his craft rather than pursuing ladies. Apparently, in the summer of 2014, nosy journalist Rita Skeeter began to question his prolonged celibacy, something that was obviously none of her business. Sybil Trelawney Sybil Trelawney, Hogwarts divination professor, fought valiantly in the Battle of Hogwarts, bravely protecting her friends, home, and livelihood. And with a move like a tennis serve, she heaved another enormous crystal sphere from her bag, waved her wand through the air, and caused the ball to speed across the hall and smash through a window. Fortunately, Trelawney survived the battle, and afterwards continued to teach well into the 2010s, continuing her tradition of predicting the deaths of her students. In the year 2020, Trelawney published a book entitled My Eyes and How to See Past Them, a book that Hermione Granger kept on her shelves in her office at the Ministry of Magic. Forense Forense was a centaur and part of the centaur colony located in the Forbidden Forest. Forense was also the same centaur that saved Harry in the Philosopher's Stone. Forense notably replaced Trelawney as divination professor after she was sacked by Umbridge. Though Trelawney was eventually given her position back at the school, Forense stayed on and the pair co-taught the subject. Forense was active in fighting back against the Death Eaters during the Second Wizarding War and eventually sustained serious injuries. Shaking and unable to stand by himself, Forense was laid on a raised platform in the Great Hall during the second half of the battle. Fortunately, Forense was able to survive his injuries, a special thanks to Madame Pomfrey for that. After the battle had ended, Forense was welcomed back into his centaur colony, where they were finally forced to acknowledge that Forense's pro-human leanings were not shameful, but honorable. Forense continued to live out his days teaching divination alongside Trelawney. Oliver Wood Oliver Wood attended Hogwarts from 1987 to 1994, and he is most well known for his passion surrounding the game of Quidditch. During his time at the school, Wood was both keeper and captain of the Gryffindor Quidditch team, and was known for his determination and skill on the field. Wood graduated from Hogwarts before Harry and many of the other main characters in the story, and went on to join a professional Quidditch team, Puddlemere United, where he began as a reserve keeper. However, Wood did eventually return to Hogwarts in 1998 in order to offer his support in the fight against Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Wood fought valiantly, and also helped to drag the bodies of the deceased into the Great Hall. Fortunately, Wood did survive the battle and spent the rest of his days playing professional Quidditch, his true calling. Madame Maxime 
Madame Olympe Maxime was a French witch and headmistress of Beaubaton Academy of Magic. She was 11 feet 6 inches tall and a half giant just like Hagrid. Apart from being enormous and the headmistress of Beaubaton, she is perhaps best well known for her relationship with Hagrid. Apart from the book's initial signifiers that the pair were possibly romantically linked, the relationship isn't touched on much, and eventually the Goblet of Fire simply ends, with Maxime departing and heading back to Beaubaton alone. This left fans with one big question, what happened with Hagrid and Maxime? Rowling once addressed Hagrid's love life in an interview. Did Hagrid ever get married and have children? Oh, did Hagrid ever get married and have children? No. Realistically, Hagrid's pool of potential girlfriends is extremely limited, because with the giants killing each other off, the number of giantesses around is infinitesimal, and he met one of the only ones, and I'm afraid she thought he was kind of cute, but she was a little more, how should I put it, sophisticated than Hagrid. So no, bless him. It turned out that Maxime simply thought she was too good for Hagrid. It's certainly a shame that Maxime was the one that got away, but on the other hand, I think that he was probably the one that was too good for her. We don't know much else about Maxime's later life, but we do know that she continued on as headmistress of Beaubaton. Bill Weasley Bill Weasley was the first and eldest Weasley child. Though Bill survived the war and the copious battles that transpired, he was at one point severely injured by the notorious werewolf Fenrir Greyback. Fortunately, he avoided turning into a werewolf, but it has been expressed that he did develop the tendency to enjoy very rare steaks. Following the war, Bill and his wife Fleur, who he married in 1997, had three children, Victoire, Dominique, and Louis Weasley. Pansy Parkinson Pansy Parkinson was a Slytherin witch in Harry Potter's year at Hogwarts. The Parkinson family were purebloods and members of the Sacred 28, a list of 28 pureblood wizarding families. During her time at the school, Pansy was both a prefect and a member of the Inquisitorial Squad. During the final battle of the Second Wizarding War, Pansy infamously spoke up in favor of turning Harry Potter over to Lord Voldemort. Her words, however, were not well received by most of her classmates, who drew their wands upon her in Harry's defense. Little is known of what happened to Pansy after the Second Wizarding War, or her later life, but we do know that she fell out of touch with Draco. JK Rowling said in an interview that Pansy didn't end up marrying Draco because she always hated her. I loathe Pansy Parkinson. I don't love Draco, but I really dislike her. She's every girl who ever teased me at school. She's the anti-Hermione. I loathe her. Aunt Marge Marge Dursley was an English muggle and Vernon Dursley's older sister. Marge was an extremely unpleasant woman, and you may remember one particular visit to the Dursley residence in which Harry could tolerate no more. After speaking ill of Harry's parents, Harry's magical abilities unintentionally erupted in the form of a non-verbal inflating charm, which resulted in Marge's body inflating. This caused her to float upwards towards the ceiling. Marge was later punctured and had her memory modified by the accidental magic reversal squad from the Ministry of Magic. After this incident, the Dursleys never invited Marge to stay again, and Harry never saw her again. Patil Twins Padma Parvati Both Padma and Parvati were active in the Battle of Hogwarts, and neither of them have been listed among the Fallen Fifty. 50 unknown casualties in the fight against Lord Voldemort and his Death Eaters. 
Because of this, we know for certain that they survived the battle. There's very little information available about their later lives, but we do know that both kept their Dumbledore's army coins and likely attended the 2014 reunion of Dumbledore's army. Ginny Weasley It probably shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that Ginny ended up marrying the one and only Harry Potter. She was in love with him for years, and though the films didn't do a very good job of portraying this relationship, they were meant to be. The epilogue of the film gives us just a glimpse of the lady that Ginny would become, where she is seen sending off her children to Hogwarts at Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Harry and Ginny had three children, James, Albus, and Lily. Immediately after graduating from Hogwarts, however, it has been reported that Ginny actually became a professional Quidditch player, going on to play for the Holyhead Harpies. In the years that followed the Harry Potter series, Rowling provided other clues about Ginny's later life. After retiring to become a mother, Ginny joined on with the Daily Prophet and became their official Quidditch correspondent. This position eventually matured and she became the sports editor for the paper. Newt's Commander I know what you're thinking. Newt's Commander? Isn't he from the Fantastic Beast films? He isn't in Harry Potter? And if you thought that, well, you'd only be sort of right. Sure enough, we don't see Newt's Commander's face in the Harry Potter films, but that certainly doesn't mean that he's absent from the Harry Potter universe. Newt is a famous magizoologist and the author of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, an approved book at Hogwarts School, so you can bet that he's kicking around somewhere. To add to this, there's actually a Newt Easter egg in the Harry Potter films where he appears on the Marauders map. If you want to know the explanation for his presence there, well, you're going to have to watch my video on it. Anyway, despite what some sources may say, Newt was very much alive after the Deathly Hallows book, film, timeline had ended. By the time the 1990s rolled around, Newt was pseudo-retired and living in Dorset with Tina and their three pet measles, Hoppy, Millie, and Mauler. I say pseudo-retired because Newt, a workaholic, continued several projects, including studying fire slugs and authoring a book entitled A Children's Anthology of Monsters. Newt eventually went on to become a great-grandfather when his grandson Rolf married Luna Lovegood and had two children, Lorcan and Lysander. Cho Chang Cho Chang was a half-blood witch born in 1978 who attended Hogwarts from 1990 to 1997, where she was sorted into Ravenclaw House. Cho was polite, well-liked, and easy to get along with. Cho is well known for her relationships with several male figures in the series, including Cedric Diggory and even Harry Potter himself. After the death of Cedric, Cho was never quite the same, and as it turns out, she ended up marrying a muggle upon graduation. Perhaps this was just her way of escaping the madness of the wizarding world, particularly after a lethal wizarding war. There are some theories circling around the internet that Cho actually ended up marrying Dudley Dursley, of all people, but if you want to learn more about that whole situation, then watch my video on it. Andromeda Tonks Andromeda Tonks, born Andromeda Black of the House of Black, was an English witch that married Muggle-born Ted Tonks. Together, her and Ted had a daughter, Nymphadora, who we know as a respected Aura and member of the Order of the Phoenix. Andromeda, despite being a member of the House of Black, was not an evil witch, so it should come as no surprise that she was disowned by her family, a group of pure-blood supremacists, 
after she married a muggle-born. Andromeda was also a good example of a Slytherin student that wasn't and didn't turn bad. Tragically, many of Andromeda's family members died during the events of the Deathly Hallows, including her husband Ted and her daughter Nymphadora. With Nymphadora leaving behind a son, Teddy, who she had with her husband Remus Lupin, Andromeda was left to take care of him. Moaning Myrtle Myrtle Warren, aka Moaning Myrtle, was a muggle-born witch born in either 1928 or 1929. Myrtle attended Hogwarts from 1940 to 1943, some of the same years as Voldemort, and was eventually killed in 1943 by Slytherin's Basilisk under Tom Riddle's orders. After the incident, she became a ghost who haunted the second-floor girl's bathroom. Despite being, well, dead, Myrtle became quite a prominent character in the Harry Potter series, known for her strange interactions with Harry. The last time Harry saw Myrtle, however, was when she was ordered to leave the bathroom by Severus Snape. Though there is nothing in Harry Potter canon indicating what happened to Myrtle, it's worth mentioning that she does appear in The Cursed Child, where she can be found still haunting the bathroom. Xenophilius Lovegood Xenophilius was the husband of the late Pandora Lovegood and father to fan favorite Luna Lovegood. Xenophilius was also notably the creator of the Quibbler magazine. During the Second Wizarding War, Luna was captured by the Death Eaters, which prompted a desperate Xenophilius to alert Death Eaters during a visit from Harry Potter in the hopes that they would release Luna. After Harry, Ron, and Hermione escaped his home, Xenophilius was promptly arrested and sent to Azkaban. He was finally released after Voldemort's defeat on the 2nd of May, 1998. Not much is known of what happened to Xenophilius after that, but it's likely that he continued on with the Quibbler and occasionally took care of his grandsons. Katie Bell Katie Bell was a British half-blood witch born in the year 1979. She was a member of Gryffindor House and represented the house on the Quidditch pitch taking on the role of Chaser. She was a year above Harry, and we see her name mentioned here and there throughout the franchise. However, her character was never really brought to the forefront of our attention until the Half-Blood Prince, when, while on a trip to Hogsmeade, Katie suffered a brutal attack from an unidentified curse. Because it took Katie six months to recover, she ended up returning to Hogwarts in 1997 to 1998 to repeat her seventh year. Katie, along with others, fought valiantly in the Battle of Hogwarts, and was seen sitting after the battle with Cho, Padma, and Leanne. No one knows what happened to Katie after that. Bane Bane was a centaur who lived in the Forbidden Forest centaur colony along with Firenze. Though the centaurs did not initially join the Battle of Hogwarts, they were later shamed into it after Hagrid called Bane a coward. Not much is known of what happened to Bane, but we do know he survived the battle. Bane also appears in The Cursed Child, Act 2, Scene 5, when Harry Potter is looking for his son Albus. Winky Winky was a fan-favorite character that was omitted from the films entirely, a female house elf that served the Crouch family for many years and later worked at Hogwarts. At one stage in Winky's life, she fell into a depression after she felt that she had failed to service Barty Crouch which resulted in a drinking problem. Her addiction to butterbeer was a problem for many years. Led by Creature, Winky did end up helping to fight against the Death Eaters during the Battle of Hogwarts, 
alongside other house elves. After the war had ended, Winky continued to work at Hogwarts and, fortunately, ended up beating her butterbeer addiction. Poppy Pomfrey Poppy Pomfrey, also known as Madame Pomfrey, was the matron at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, responsible for taking care of the students and staff of the school. However, as it turns out, Pomfrey wasn't just responsible for healing people, as she fought valiantly alongside her students and co-workers in the Battle of Hogwarts, taking down at least one Death Eater herself. After the battle, we can only assume that Madame Pomfrey returned to her regular post, tending to the various medical maladies that came through the doors of the Hogwarts Hospital Wing. If you want to go by Cursed Child Canon, then we do actually know for certain that she was still working at the school in 2020. Mundungus Fletcher Mundungus Fletcher was a half-blood wizard with a rich history of criminal activity. There aren't many positive ways to describe Mundungus as a person, as throughout the story, he always seemed to be getting into trouble and getting on people's bad sides. Mundungus is even partly responsible for the death of Moody, as he abandoned him during the Battle of the Seven Potters. He also shamelessly raids Number 12 Grimald Place, looting and selling all of the valuables that lay within. After being confronted by Harry for this, he disapparated and went into hiding. That is, until he was imprisoned in Azkaban for impersonating an inferior. It's unlikely that Mundungus played any part in the Battle of Hogwarts, and it's likely that he simply returned to his life as a questionable and unauthorized dealer of magical artifacts. Rolanda Hooch Rolanda, or Madame Hooch, is a British witch who is speculated to have been born sometime before the year 1918. There isn't that much information available on her, and she doesn't appear in the books or films very much. However, she is very important in that she is the one responsible for teaching the students their foundational knowledge of flying broomsticks. Not only that, but Madame Hooch is a Quidditch referee, an aerial sport. Really, her whole world revolves around flying, which is why it shouldn't surprise you that, after the war had ended, Madame Hooch simply returned to her post at Hogwarts, where she continued to teach flying and referee Quidditch for many years to come. Elphias Doge Elphias Doge is a British pure-blood wizard born in either 1880 or 1881. Notably, Doge was a close friend of Dumbledore, their friendship blossoming during their schoolboy years. While at Hogwarts, Doge came down with a bad case of dragonpox, causing everyone to avoid him, except of course for Dumbledore. Elphias was an active member of the Order of the Phoenix, in both wars, and a Ministry of Magic jurist. Poison Peace specialist Rita Skeeter would often refer to Doge as dim-witted, however, that's likely only due to his lack of cooperation during the writing of Skeeter's magnum opus, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. In fact, Doge, a special advisor to the Wizengamot, was quite the opposite of dim-witted, and lived out the rest of his days serving the British Ministry for Magic, arguing with Great Aunt Muriel, and missing his dear friend Albus Dumbledore. Creature Creature was a male house elf, born in an unknown year, who loyally served at the House of Black for the majority of his life, that is, until he was left with Harry Potter after the death of Sirius. Before this, however, Creature was known to be fiercely loyal to Sirius's brother, Regulus, who he shared a special bond with. After the death of Regulus, Creature was a bit lost, 
never learning to properly respect his new master, Sirius. However, Creature did eventually come to respect Harry, who treated him extremely well. During the Battle of Hogwarts, Creature led the house elves into the fray against Lord Voldemort and his followers. Creature ended up surviving the battle, and from that point, entered into full-time service of the Potter family. In 2017, JK Rowling revealed that Creature did eventually die at the tender age of 666. Where he was at that time is anyone's guess. Victor Crumb Victor Crumb is a Bulgarian wizard born in 1976, perhaps best known for competing against Harry, Fleur, and Cedric in the Triwizard Tournament, representing his school, Durmstrang. Crumb was an exceptionally gifted Quidditch player, and was the seeker for the Bulgarian national Quidditch team at the tender age of 18. In 1994, he played in the final of the Quidditch World Cup, and he was still just a student. Crumb continued to play Quidditch for many years before his eventual retirement following the Bulgarian team's defeat in the 2002 World Cup final. However, this retirement didn't last long, as Crumb came out of retirement to compete in the 2014 World Cup. Famously, the Bulgarian team won that year's cup, beating out Brazil in the finals. Crumb retired a true Quidditch legend. John Dawlish John Dawlish is a British pureblood wizard and Ministry of Magic employee who served the institution as an aura. For most of his career, Dawlish worked directly underneath Cornelius Fudge, accompanying him on various assignments. Dawlish would also later work for ministers Rufus Scrimger and Pious Thickness. Dawlish failed quite a few assignments towards the end of the Second Wizarding War, the most likely reason being that he repeatedly faced far superior opponents, Dumbledore, unfamiliar situations, Hagrid being a half-giant, and continual placement under the Confunders charm. Not much is known of what happened to Dawlish following the war, but we do know that he survived, and that he continued to act not quite right for some time after, most likely due to his repeated subjection to the Confunders charm. It's unlikely that Dawlish was charged as a sympathizer of Voldemort, and it's entirely probable that, due to his brain damage, he ended up in St. Mungo's. Blaze Sabini Blaze Sabini was a pureblood wizard that attended Hogwarts around the same time as Harry Potter. He was a member of Slytherin House, and was on good terms with Draco Malfoy and his gang. Blaze was a quiet boy that mostly kept to himself, but on occasion would express his extreme prejudice towards muggles, muggleborns, and blood traitors. No one knows exactly what happened to Blaze post-war, but we do know that he probably survived as most Slytherin students sat the battle out. Given that Blaze was skilled in potion making, progressing to the newt level in the subject, it's entirely possible that he pursued a career in potions. Mrs. Fig Mrs. Fig, aka Arabella Doreen Fig, was a squib that lived near Harry Potter's childhood home on Privet Drive, the Dursley residence. Given that she lived down the street from Harry, she would commonly babysit him, simultaneously helping to keep an eye on him for Albus Dumbledore. Though Mrs. Fig did whatever she could to help the Order and good guys, as a squib, it's unlikely that she participated in the Battle of Hogwarts. It wouldn't have been safe for her there. Given her affinity for furry feline companions, I like to imagine that Mrs. Fig lived out the rest of her days crossbreeding and trading part measle cats. Marcus Flint Marcus Flint was a pureblood wizard born in 1976 whose family name appeared on the Sacred 28, 
a list of 28 pure-blood wizarding families. He attended Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry from 1987 to 1994, and notably served as captain of the Slytherin Quidditch team from at least 1991 to 1994. Flint was one of Harry's Quidditch rivals. No one knows what happened to Marcus Flint, but given his affinity for the mockery of others and inability to play nice, I doubt he got far. There's always the possibility he became a professional Quidditch player, but I personally don't think that any teams would have welcomed him on board. Ernie McMillan Ernie McMillan was a pureblood wizard who attended Hogwarts during the same years as Harry Potter. Notably, Ernie was the one who suspected that Harry Potter was the heir of Slytherin during the opening of the Chamber of Secrets in his second year. That is, until Hermione was petrified and Ernie changed his mind, later apologizing to Harry. Ernie survived the Battle of Hogwarts, but not much is known of his later life. I like to imagine that he stayed in touch with his good friends Hannah Abbott and Justin Finch Fletchley, which would also put him in Neville's social circle, given that Hannah was married to Neville. Crookshanks Crookshanks was Hermione's half-measle pet cat that she purchased from Magical Menagerie in 1993. Crookshanks was a particularly intelligent cat, helping to expose Peter Pettigrew as scabbers. Though Crookshanks is very cute and highly intelligent, it's unlikely that he would have been much help during the final battle of the war, so instead he stayed at the home of the Weasleys, the Burrow, waiting things out until everything had settled down. He was later reunited with Hermione. Given that Crookshanks was just a cat in a pet store that apparently nobody wanted, he really did make quite an impact on the story. Angelina Johnson Angelina Johnson was a witch born in 1977. She played a reasonably active role in the series, becoming a member of Dumbledore's army, and also captaining the Gryffindor Quidditch team in her seventh year, which was also Harry's fifth year. Like I mentioned much earlier in the video, Angelina went on to marry George Weasley, with whom she had children. The weird bit about it is that Angelina was Fred's ex, but what are you gonna do? To make things a bit more weird, one of their children was called Fred, Fred II, and their daughter was named Roxanne. Fang Fang is a lovable but timid boarhound that we know as one of Hagrid's closest companions in the Harry Potter series. He is often seen following Hagrid around and is known for his loyalty and gentle temperament. After the events of the last book, it is unclear what happened to Fang, however, it is likely that he simply continued to live at Hogwarts and spent his days with Hagrid. With Hagrid by his side, it's likely that Fang lived out the rest of his days exploring the Forbidden Forest and napping in Hagrid's hut. Millicent Bulstrode, another contemporary of Harry's, was a half-blood witch. You may remember Millicent as the Slytherin student who Hermione tried to impersonate using Polyjuice Potion in the Chamber of Secrets. Unfortunately for Hermione, it was Millicent's cat hair that she used in the potion, transforming her partially into a cat. During the Battle of Hogwarts, it's likely that Millicent fled the castle rather than choose to fight against Voldemort and the Death Eaters. Given that Millicent had no particularly good qualities and wasn't particularly intelligent, it's hard to imagine her amounting to much. I expect that she ended up with a low-level job at the Ministry of Magic. Mafalda Hopkirk Madame Mafalda Hopkirk was a British witch and an assistant in the improper use of magic office at the Ministry of Magic, who notably sends Harry letters on two occasions, once in the Chamber of Secrets and once in the Order of the Phoenix, informing him of his improper use of magic outside of school. Irma Pince Irma is a strict librarian at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. 
After the events of the last book, it's possible that Irma continued on as the school's librarian, ensuring that students had access to the knowledge they needed to succeed in their studies. It's likely that Irma worked until retirement, constantly surrounded by the books she loved so much. Ludo Bagman Ludo is a former professional Quidditch player and the head of the Department of Magical Games and Sports. After the events of the last book, Ludo likely went into hiding to avoid punishment for his involvement in illegal gambling. It's possible that he was eventually caught and brought to justice, or that he continued to live on the run, always looking over his shoulder. Justin Finch Fletchley Justin is a muggle-born student at Hogwarts who was sorted into Hufflepuff. After the events of the last book, Justin likely returned to his family and continued his studies at Hogwarts. It's possible that he went on to have a successful career in the wizarding world, using his intelligence and determination to make a difference. Amos Diggory Amos is the father of Cedric Diggory, the Hogwarts student who was killed by Lord Voldemort during the Triwizard Tournament, or more accurately, killed by Peter Pettigrew. After the events of the last book, Amos likely struggled to cope with the loss of his son and eventually found peace with the help of his family and friends. It's possible that he became an advocate for those who lost loved ones in the war, working to ensure that their sacrifices were never forgotten. Amos does have a role in the Cursed Child story, but I'm not going to get into that. Peeves Peeves is a poltergeist who causes mischief and mayhem at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Peeves. However, it's possible that he continued to cause trouble at Hogwarts, delighting in the chaos and confusion he could create. Alternatively, he may have simply disappeared, content to let the world move on without him, although this seems unlikely. Dennis Creevy Dennis is the younger brother of Colin Creevy, a Hogwarts student who was killed during the Battle of Hogwarts. After the events of the last book, Dennis likely returned to Hogwarts to finish his studies, after which he may have pursued photography, just like his brother. Daphne Greengrass Daphne is a Slytherin student at Hogwarts who is known for her beauty and poise. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Daphne. Her sister, on the other hand, ended up marrying Draco Malfoy. It's possible that she went on to have a successful career in the wizarding world, using her intelligence and cunning to get ahead. Susan Bones Susan is a Hufflepuff student at Hogwarts who was a member of Dumbledore's army. After the events of the last book, Susan likely returned to Hogwarts to finish her studies and became a respected member of the wizarding community. It's possible that she went on to become an aura or other type of law enforcement officer, using her bravery and intellect to keep the wizarding world safe. Lee Jordan Lee is a former Gryffindor student at Hogwarts who is a commentator for the wizarding radio station Potter Watch. After the events of the last book, Lee likely continued his career as a radio commentator and remained a close friend of Harry's. It's possible that he went on to become a journalist or other type of media personality, using his wit and charm to entertain and inform the wizarding world. Stan Shunpike Stan is a British wizard that worked as a conductor on the night bus, later joining the Death Eaters after being placed under the Imperious Curse. After the events of the last book, Stan likely avoided punishment for his involvement with the Death Eaters and went into hiding. It's possible that he eventually resurfaced and tried to make amends for his past mistakes, or that he continued to live a life of secrecy and isolation. Penelope Clearwater Penelope is a former Ravenclaw student at Hogwarts who is romantically involved with Percy Weasley. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Penelope, but we do know that she didn't end up with Percy. Alicia Spinnett Alicia is a former Gryffindor student at Hogwarts who is a member of the Gryffindor Quidditch team. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Alicia. It's possible that she continued to play Quidditch professionally, 
using her skill and determination to become one of the best players in the world. Alternatively, she may have left the world of Quidditch behind and pursued a different career. Teddy Lupin Teddy is the son of Remus Lupin and Nymphadora Tongs, and a metamorph magus like his mother. After the events of the last book, Teddy went on to live with his grandmother, but he also spent a considerable amount of time with his godfather, Harry. It's possible that he went on to become an Aura or other type of law enforcement officer, following in the footsteps of his parents and his godfather. Alternatively, he may have pursued a career in a different field, using his unique abilities to make a difference in the wizarding world. Crab and Goyle Vincent Crabbe and Gregory Goyle are two Slytherins known for their fierce loyalty to Draco Malfoy, often acting as his henchman. Crabbe is a large and intimidating young man with a short temper, while Goyle is quiet and reserved but equally dangerous. Both are physically strong and are often called upon to perform physical tasks. Despite their tough exteriors, they can be easily manipulated by those who know how to push their buttons. However, the fates of these two is a bit confusing. You see, depending on what you know these characters from, book vs film, a different one was killed off. In the book, Crab dies and Goyle lives, whereas in the film, Goyle dies. Actor Jamie Waylett played Vincent Crab in the first six movies, but after taking part in the London riots in 2011, he was sent to prison for two years. Because of this, he was unable to take part in the Deathly Hallows movies, which led to the decision to kill Goyle instead. If Crab had died in the book, it's possible that Gregory would have been taken to trial for his involvement with the Death Eaters. Alternatively, he may have gone into hiding, trying to avoid punishment for his crimes. Augusta Longbottom Augusta is the grandmother of Neville Longbottom and a fierce supporter of the Order of the Phoenix. After the events of the last book, Augusta likely continued to support the wizarding community and help those who had been affected by the war. It's possible that she became a mentor to other young witches and wizards, passing on her knowledge and experience to the next generation. Marietta Edgecombe Marietta is a former student at Hogwarts who betrayed Dumbledore's army to Umbridge. After the events of the last book, it's unknown what happened to her. It's possible that she changed her tune and tried to make amends for her past mistakes. Albert Runcorn Albert is a Ministry of Magic employee who was impersonated by Harry Potter using the Polyjuice Potion. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Albert. It's possible that he was able to clear his name and continue working at the Ministry, or that he was fired for his involvement with the Death Eaters. Reginald Catamol Reginald is a Ministry of Magic employee who was impersonated by Ron Weasley using the Polyjuice Potion. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Reginald. It's possible that he was able to clear his name and continue working at the Ministry, or that he was fired for his involvement with the Death Eaters. Zacharias Smith Zacharias is a former student at Hogwarts who was a member of Dumbledore's army. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Zacharias. It's possible that he went on to have a successful career in the wizarding world, using his intelligence and determination to make a difference. Alternatively, he may have struggled to find his place in a world that had been torn apart by war. Buckbeak Buckbeak is a hippogriff who was rescued by Harry Potter in the third book. After the events of the last book, Buckbeak likely continued to live at Hogwarts and be cared for by Hagrid. Fawkes Fawkes is the beloved phoenix of Albus Dumbledore and a powerful magical creature. After Dumbledore's death, Fawkes flees Hogwarts. As he lay there, he became aware suddenly that the grounds were silent. Fawkes had stopped singing, and he knew, without knowing how he knew it, that the phoenix had gone, had left Hogwarts for good, just as Dumbledore had left the school, had left the world. 
had left Harry. Pious Thickness Pious Thickness was a high-ranking Ministry of Magic official who was placed under the Imperious Curse by Lord Voldemort. After the events of the last book, it's likely that Pius was put on trial for his involvement with the Death Eaters. It's possible that he was able to clear his name by proving that he was under the Imperious Curse, or that he was punished for his crimes. Antonin Dolohov Antonin is a Death Eater who fought on the side of Lord Voldemort during the Second Wizarding War. After the events of the last book, it's likely that Antonin was captured and put on trial for his crimes. It's possible that he was sentenced to life in Azkaban, or that he was given the Dementus Kiss and had his soul sucked out. It's also possible that he was killed by Flitwick. Walden McNair Walden is a Ministry of Magic employee who specializes in the capture and control of magical creatures. After the events of the last book, it's unclear what happened to Walden. It's possible that he was able to clear his name and continue working at the Ministry, or that he was fired for his involvement with the Death Eaters. The latter seems more likely. Thorfinn Rowell Thorfinn is a Death Eater who fought on the side of Lord Voldemort during the Second Wizarding War. After the events of the last book, it's likely that Thorfinn was captured and put on trial for his crimes, eventually either sentenced to life in Azkaban or given the Dementor's Kiss. Corbin Yaxley Corbin is a high-ranking Death Eater who was placed in charge of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement during Voldemort's reign. After the events of the last book, it's likely that Corbin was captured and put on trial for his crimes. It's possible that he was able to escape punishment by claiming that he was under the Imperius Curse, or that he was held accountable for his actions and punished accordingly. Snape, Legacy Only Snape is a former Hogwarts professor and a member of the Order of the Phoenix, who sacrificed his life to help defeat Lord Voldemort. After the events of the last book, Snape was remembered as a hero who worked tirelessly to protect and save those he cared about. It's possible that his legacy continued to inspire others to fight for what was right, even in the face of overwhelming odds. Amicus Caro When Lord Voldemort led the coup against the Ministry of Magic, he used his newfound power to install his agents in positions of power across the wizarding world. One of these agents was Amicus Caro, a prominent dark wizard who had once fought alongside the Dark Lord during the First Wizarding War in the late 70s. After which, Amicus rejoined the Death Eaters in their reign of terror across Britain, eventually culminating in Caro's appointment as Professor of Defense Against the Dark Arts at Hogwarts. But in the aftermath of the final battle there, when Voldemort was killed by Harry Potter, where did Caro end up? Conventional wisdom would point to Azkaban. Just like the Death Eaters from the First Wizarding War, the Dark Wizards from this conflict were being sent back to that wizarding prison to serve life sentences. Electo Caro Electo Caro was Amicus's sister and shared a similar fate. Just like her brother, Electo was one of the most important Death Eaters during Voldemort's campaigns in the Second Wizarding War. As the Dark Lord slowly eroded away the Ministry of Magic's legal powers, Electo carried out missions to keep the rest of the British wizarding world too afraid to fight back. Eventually, she earned herself a professorship at Hogwarts, under the direction of its new headmaster, Severus Snape. But after a tumultuous career there, Electo's tenure ended with the Battle of Hogwarts. Augustus Rookwood Augustus Rookwood was one of Voldemort's most formidable allies, and by the time of the Second Wizarding War, one of his oldest. Rookwood served a unique role within the rank of the Death Eaters. He was a mole within the Ministry of Magic. Of course, for Voldemort to succeed in his campaigns against his fellow wizards, 
he needed to lure many influential ministry workers to his cause. During the Battle of Hogwarts, Augustus met his match when he took on Albus Dumbledore's younger brother, Aberforth. Augustus was stunned in the confrontation, and just like the Caro siblings, his story ends there. Most assumed he died or was quickly ferried off to Azkaban. Fenrir Greyback Fenrir Greyback might seem like a run-of-the-mill Death Eater, but he actually wasn't. He worked closely with Voldemort and his Dark Wizards, but Fenrir actually wasn't officially part of the crew. Instead, the werewolf allied himself with Voldemort because they shared a common goal, overthrowing the existing power structure in the wizarding world. Fenrir, just like Tom Riddle, had a problem with wizards. They held a prejudice against werewolves and treated those infected with lycanthropy as a type of vermin that terrorized their communities. Fenrir was not only offended by that ideology, but enraged, and he made it his personal goal to infect as many wizards with lycanthropy as possible, so that he could create an army large enough to undo the Ministry of Magic. But that all came to a halt during the Battle of Hogwarts. There, Ron Weasley and Neville Longbottom beat Fenrir, and in the aftermath, it's likely that the werewolf was bound in magical chains and escorted into a cell in Azkaban, if he wasn't killed in the battle. And that's it for this video. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more information on the lives of these characters beyond the books. If I missed anyone or if I got anything wrong, be sure to comment down below. Happy to answer follow-up questions down there as well. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.